what are your recommendations for other women who want to grow in their physical fire and in their professional fire? Find people who will celebrate you and encourage you and be vulnerable with you in those two areas. Finding other women who will ask questions, talk to you about it. How's it going with them? Good and bad and the ugly and all of it, you know? And how we are tying in how mental all of these things are for women. I feel like environmental is just as important. What you said, who you surround yourself with. There's two different types, like the types that are maybe insecure and like projecting that, you know, because they wish they were doing what you're doing or they like hyping you up. And so I think, yeah, environment is super important. At some point, if you want to change, you've got to get real. But who you can be real with, you need to pick that group carefully because there are balcony people in your life and there are basement people in your life. And there are some people who you tell them how much money you make. They are going to criticize you for that. And then there are other people who will go, man, that's amazing. What can we do to try to help you get to that next level? you got to find those balcony people in your life. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. Well, welcome to the Four Fires Podcast. I am your host, Alan Kemper, and today uh, is a fun day for me. We get to interview two of my close friends, Rachel Rice and Angie Stryker. So uh, welcome, ladies, to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Alan. So excited to be here. Let's, let's dig in. Uh, just a quick introduction. Who are you? What are your areas of interest? What stage of life are you in? Rachel, why don't you go ahead and give us a, an overview of who you are? I'm Rachel Rice. I am married to Jeff Rice, who you may have heard on prior podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'm 23. We do not have any kids yet. For work, I'm the enrollment office manager at Point University, and I am also in grad school for school counseling at Auburn, so I'm going to be a school counselor soon. I graduate in May. And I'm also a nutrition coach. I'm certified in that. And I love that so much. That's one of my biggest passions. I help women and men achieve their fitness goals for the long term through nutrition, mindset, and habits, because I think those are some of the biggest pillars, you know, of nutrition. Um, and so those are some of the things that I do, and I love it so much. And I found that in nutrition, I use a lot of my counseling, so that right. kind of coincides a lot. But yeah, so... Cool. Well, glad to have you. Angie, what uh, what, did the, what does the world need to know about you? Thanks, Alan. I'm Angie Stryker. I've been married for 27 years. I have two teenagers. Uh, they don't want to hang out with me anymore. That's okay. Uh, I live on the lake and get to play a lot in the water, especially in the summer. I get to work with Alan as an advisor would lead, and so get to do a lot of leadership development, culture architecting. It's really fun. My, my thing is elevating inspired women leaders. So that's, that's where I spend a lot of my time volunteering, it's where I spend a lot of time at work. And so whenever I can find a woman who's inspired um, to lead and how, how can I support her best? So that's, that gets me pretty fired up. My hobbies are like paddleboarding and hiking and biking and walking, running, swimming, all the things outside. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to hear some of y'all even um, start to articulate some of your craft uh, in, your, in your introductions. So today I want to dig into a couple of things about the Four Fires. If you are new to the podcast, uh, this podcast is a place where we talk about 
uh, the four essential areas of life and what it means to win at life. And, and we've broken those out into a professional fire, which is made up of your craft and your cash, your people fire, which is made up of your friends and your family, your physical fire, which is made up of what you eat and how you exercise, and then your purpose fire, which is your, uh, it's about your soul, which is your connectedness of your soul to your creator, and then your commitment levels, like your the, the commitments that you have um, that you live out as a byproduct of your identity as a son or a daughter of your creator. So so that those are the four fires that we focus on. And uh, I want to start off with a question because the four fires since its inception, it was designed to help, really it was designed to help guys who were living these unbalanced lives. I mean, we started out uh, with kind of this recognition. Um, I was doing a lot of executive coaching for business owners. And while they were wildly successful professionally, it seemed like that there was some imbalance in their life. And it really forced me to kind of ask the question, what does winning across all of the areas of life look like? And so when it from its inception it was created around this group of guys and it has resonated with guys but i'm curious as the the first ladies on this podcast uh, what what do you what's your perspective of the four fires is there does it resonate with you are there areas that maybe it it you know misses the mark a little bit so angie do you want to take a take a stab at that yeah absolutely it absolutely resonates. Um, I think, you know, women, we are wired a little bit differently. So I think it's natural for us to think about being a, a child of God. Like that's, that's sort of natural for who we are and how we're wired. It's natural for us to care for our people. I mean, those are the two areas that just come out to me. Like the women I know, that's what they're doing. You know, they, they love God and they love their people and they love their people well. They're carrying the a lot of times the burden or at least shouldering the weight of, you know, whether it's a, a bulk of childbearing stuff or just loving their spouse or taking good care of their friends, like their people fire typically is a flame, right? Where we, where I start to see not, I don't want to say problems, but challenges is in the physical fire. And then sometimes in the professional fire. So sometimes women were so caught up in doing, you know, taking care of the people around us that we put what we want to do, what we want to create on the back burner. Like we, you know, oh, well, I might get my master's now that my kids are out of high school, you know, or, oh, I'm going to work on my career now that, you know, that kind of thing. It always seems to come much later. And then for the, the physical fire, you know, I mean, Rachel is an exception, but like a lot of times women just don't even want to go there. They don't want to talk about it. There's a, there's a lot of shame there. And so like talking about it in a really healthy way is, can be really tough because of a lot of the pressures that society puts on us. So uh, I think that's where the maybe could be different from men from what I've seen. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree that women, you know, they'll push all all other things aside and just focus mainly on family. And then, you know, if they do have a purpose fire going, then they'll focus on that as well and like leading their family in that. Um, but I do see, you know, they neglect their physical fire, their professional fire, sometimes because, you know, maybe of expectations of the classical role in the family or just expectations of 
their husband or friends that they're around. But I've really loved it being a woman and like the beneficiary of Jeff living four dimensionally is like it gave us a framework to just kind of, you know, answer the question, what are we building? Okay, well, when Jeff started living into the four fires, you know, and we're a reflection of our husband. So like, I kind of automatically started living into it, you know, just by seeing him lead by example, I was like, heck yeah, like, I want to go after something professionally, like I want to, you know, go after fitness and the Lord and my friends and pursue that. Um, And so it just you know, especially being young, it has really given us a framework to start our lives and to build our lives. And so I think, you know, women, they do, it's different for women for sure, but I think it's really cool if their husbands can lead first, then the women like, you know, it just helps to build a framework of our life and what we're building in our marriage. Yeah. I've, I've, as I've gone through and, and coached people, I do notice that there tends to be a skill set that you, if you've mastered this idea of kind of like dominating something, controlling something, that that is a really useful skill set for winning in your professional fire and potentially in your physical fire. Like you can muscle, the word I kind of use is you can muscle it. You can muscle those two fires. You cannot muscle your relationship with your friends or your family, and you cannot muscle your relationship with with your creator. Those are those are the skill set required to win in those spaces is much more it, it is a recognition that you're not the most important. Uh, it, it, on some levels, the word submission, it is this submission to, I have to submit to my family and recognize and acknowledge that they're important. I have to submit to these friendships that I, like, because they're other people. I have to submit to this creator. And I'm curious if there's not some, we all kind of show up and have different giftings and skill sets, but if that doesn't, the, the people fire and the purpose fire, maybe I need to come up with a, a good name for it but there's a skill set that is common in winning in that space and that there's a skill set and that may not that may not be completely true Rachel what do you what do you think on the so you you do a lot of coaching in the physical space around helping people get their heads around eat and exercise what do you what do you see in that space because uh, you coach both women and men do they come at do they come at winning in that space differently or basically, do they use the same tools in order to win in that space? I definitely think there is differences. I mean, in women and men, and like there's different motivations behind how they approach their fitness. You know, like Angie mentioned, it could be more shame based. Like mm-hmm. women generally struggle more with body image, but mm-hmm. I would say men do too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I think in coaching men and women, I do see a lot of the same. It's manifested in different ways, but it's the same root problems that come up in their struggles with fitness. Yeah, Angie, what do you um, what do you what do you see? And, and we just jumped right into the physical fire space, but um, I know that's that's a conversation that you and I have had. What do you see about the difference in the particularly the physical fire between the way men approach it and women approach it? 
I mean, I do see it as, I mean, the women that I've interacted with, I don't certainly don't want to speak for all women, but from more of a, either a shame base, like I'll, I'm not measuring up to what culture is telling me to be, or something has happened to me in my body that I, I have a hard time moving on from, or like not letting go of, but like moving through it, you know? And so it's like this very, and, and I mean, to just go ahead and put like other cultural expectations on, like the body can be so shameful as a woman if you don't, if you don't cover it right. Like you, you know, the woman invites, you know, so much negativity at times in different ways, words and actions from men because of the way her body is presenting us. So there's just all this extra thing going on about our bodies. And like, so how do we show up that way? I, I was on a retreat recently with 15 women, all leaders in ministry. And we had a session on loving God with your body. And it was I led that with a 10 to 15 minute kind of intro. And I asked two questions. That conversation went on for two hours and women very vulnerable, very open, you know, tears were shed about how do I love my body? Well, how do I feel solid and comfortable in my skin? How do I, you know, maybe forgive my body for things that has been through? How do I, how am I proud of my body? And then also like the juxtaposition of culture, you know, like recently a friend was telling me that there's these now like charity events where, you know, like a wine and cheese thing, you show up at a friend's house, you give 50 bucks, it goes to charity. Well, these are like spa days that include Botox injections. And that's just like the norm. You show up, you drink wine, you get Botox. And so like, how do we, as women who like, actually, like I'm a woman who loves her body. I'm very thankful for my body. This body births children. Like this body has done some amazing things. I am grateful every day for this body. How do I show up in that culture and not be boastful because that's, that's not seen as okay, you know, not be proud, but also, you know, not give in to like, oh yeah, I do need the giant fake eyelashes and I do need to get Botox, you know, like, it's just a weird, it's just a weird space to be in. So that's where I see women kind of operating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's this, uh, distinction on the physical. It's interesting in reference, just even as we're talking about the physical fire, immediately both both of you kind of referenced appearance that the the almost as a you say physical fire there's an immediate thought transition to how do i look which has very little to do with how healthy are you like right the the mod i, I mean alan was, even even knowing that this is like recorded on video like when you say hey Angie, Rachel, I want you to come do the physical fire. I'm like, are people going to now come look and see what I look like? Because a woman coming on and talking about her body, the very next thing is going to be, but how does she look before I even listen to her? Interesting. And one thought with that is like, you know, coming on this podcast or whatever, it's like, oh, why me? And, you know, we discussed this before the podcast. You're like, you know, talking about the physical fire and professional fire. And we kind of just were like, you know, we emailed back and forth about the same thoughts, like, why me? And then it's like, why not me? Like, more people need to stand up and say, like, why not me? You know, no one's perfect. No human is perfect. Like, there are gray areas to fitness. For sure. It's not black or white. You don't, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not all or nothing. Well, and and so some of this is, is, like, when we start to think about our physical fires, we got to think about physical fires as not as, like, a be sure that we have our headspace right about what are we trying to do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm 45 
And if I watch a 25-year-old guy doing push-ups and pull-ups and all the things, like, or, like, there's things that a 45-year-old body and a 65-year-old body and a 25-year-old body are different. And we talk about, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, And, but that... But there's always, there, there should hopefully be a healthy, like if we can get in our heads of like, at 45, what do I want to be able to do with my body? It is the vehicle that I walk around on this planet in. So what do I want that vehicle to be? Do I want to be able to go backpacking with that body? Do I want to be able to... Be sure that I'm limber enough to get up and down off the floor if that body. Um, so, so some of it is is what can we do from a. And this, this gets to like where you're talking about your counseling perspective on. There's a psychological piece around what we view as physical health that might be very different. Yeah. From a male and a female perspective. And like you said, like this is the vehicle that, mm-hmm. you know, we have for this life. And mm-hmm. um, just being the fittest version of ourselves, not because we're net, we can do the same workout as Kim Kardashian or her, yep. whoever and look polar opposite, but both look good, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, in my nutrition coaching, we have weight mm-hmm. pictures and then how you feel how you feel is the most important one, you know, like you Mm want to walk around every day till you're 65 feeling good. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also directly correlated through the vagus nerve. So that's Mm -hmm. the nerve that's directly correlated from our gut to our brain Mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so what we put into our body directly correlates to stress levels, anxiety levels, all the things and how we feel and vice versa. That's why you know, if you're stressed out, you know, sometimes your stomach will start hurting or like, mm. you know, it impacts. So it's vice versa, you yeah. know, what we put into our mind, you know, how we talk to ourselves, how, what we allow, you know, music and TV, things like that affect our literal gut health mm. and vice versa. Mm. What we put in our body is going to help us walk around towards 65 and feel good, you know, Maybe and that's longer what, than 65. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 65 is not the cap. That's yeah. Right, that's right. You get to keep going after <laughs> For that. For sure. If I'm lucky. <laughs> So there may be, gosh, a whole nother discussion just around how do we view things? And my guess is that we have these, um, you know, we have a continuum of what health looks like on one side and what unhealth, like it's kind of like there's something in the middle that we need to spend some time thinking about what does physical health, like what does winning in my physical fire look like? from a male perspective and from a female perspective that might be just a little bit different. And then certainly maybe the, the mode of how we motivate people to win in that space. You know, most, most of the time when I'm, when I'm working with guys and I want them to do something, my number one tactic is tell them they can't (laughs) bet you can't do that. And don't tell women that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Most of the time men will respond to challenge and my observation is that many times women will respond better to encouragement. Yeah. For some of my clients, I'm like, you know, they struggle with the belief, as Angie talked about, that it's shame-based or how do we look? Oh, my gosh, you know, us being on this podcast, are people mm-hmm. going to look at us, mm-hmm. you know? 
um, and it's more shame-based. But I say to a lot of my clients, you know, we struggle with the belief. So if you, if you need belief, like borrow it from me, like, Mm. because that is the main thing that women struggle with is they struggle with their identity. Um, and you know, they think, um, you know, my mom told me I was fat when I was young, like Mm -hmm. what, you know, and that sticks with them for so Mm -hmm. long. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, Hey, if you need belief, literally borrow it from me, like Mm -hmm. you're fine. And so that's, the coaching more of that I give to women and then men is more like, Hey, get it done. You know, like period. That's it. Yeah. I I like the, in both cases, Angie, you were talking about your, um, your, your group of, of women that you got together. I don't know that if I asked two questions about the physical fire with a group of guys that we would have a two hour conversation. Um, but, in all cases, what I do notice is that community in community and accountability, maybe with different purposes, but that community aspect is really, really important. Uh, rarely do I see people go from zero to winner, zero to hero by themselves. Most of the time, if you're stuck in a spot, almost in any one of your fires, you're going to need a relationship with someone else to borrow that belief or it's hard to kick your own butt. Somebody else needs to kick it for you. And uh, there's a point at which I think we develop that muscle to be able to hold ourselves accountable. But um, I like the community aspect on both sides. Yeah. um, Something that my pastor said one time and it just stuck with me is we're only as successful as we are accountable. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if you need that accountability, like, you know, invest in yourself, invest in a coach in Allen, like Mm -hmm. what, you know, whatever it may be, like invest in that accountability because it will literally level you up like nothing else. Mm -hmm. Um, And even down to like going to the gym every morning, like you go to the gym every morning and you head nod to that same person, like, you don't show up one day, they're going to say, where'd you go? You know, even just having that simple gym accountability of like, Mm -hmm. I see them every day at 6am. And if you don't see them the next morning, they're like, what's up, bro? So like, gotta be there too. You know, accountability just from any aspect definitely helps. Yeah. Angie, I want to, uh, I want you to unpack this idea of the four fires. As you think about the four fires as a 46 year old, female who is driven uh if you've never met angie striker she is she is energetic enthusiastic full of life creative absolute visionary and a great people person like a gift gifted at reading and understanding uh, people and building cultures out of the four fires do you feel like at this moment in time, there's one that's more challenging than any of the others to allocate logs to. What's that What's that look like in your world right now? Well, it's summer and the teenagers are home. So I would say I, I am very cognizant of being present with my family when my family is also wants to be present with me, recognizing I have teenagers. So it can be all day, nothing, and then all of a sudden they need you. Um, and so like, I feel like all my fires are ablaze with the exception of my craft because I, (laughs) 
I have so many ideas at all times. I'm working on things. I, I love working. I love creating. But right now, because of the summertime where, and my son is 17 and he goes to boarding school. That's his choice. It's a beautiful, wonderful school. It's not like he's being punished. <laughs> um, people always look at me weird when I say he's in boarding school. But anyway, so he's not here like 75% of the time. And so summer is like my time with my son and he's, he's going into his senior year. And so that is a challenge for me right now. And that's just because of the season, like that I, I don't get to put as much time to my work that I want as I would love to, but I know that time is coming like August 15th or whatever it is, it's going to be silence around here and I can get back at it as far as that goes. But because it's so important to me to be present with them, like I am, I am hyper aware of limited time with them and really try to dig in there. So, and, and we exercise as a family. So we're spoiled. We swim together. So physical fire stays ablaze in the summer, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, that, and I, I kind of see it for me as like, and Alan, you know, I've talked about this before, but I think for women, when I'm coaching women, it's like purpose fire first. I'm a child of God. I bear his image. And then the next fire is my body because I, if I can be grounded in my body and confident in my body, so my physical fire, then I can love my people well. And out of that, if we were all as women, totally grounded in those three areas, and that fourth fire, if we had, if we had the time and the energy to get to it, it would be amazing what would come out of our minds, what we could create and craft and put into the planet, you know. And so, uh, anyway, so that's kind of how I order it for myself, uh, and that. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's just how I, that ends up being how I coach because that's where I see women at. But um, anyway, that was a lot to answer your question, but that's kind of a seasonal life thing for me right now. Rachel, what about you? Is there one that in your season of life that seems to be more challenging than the other? Um, right now, I feel like I'm really just trying to juggle. I'm just, I'm trying to juggle all of them right now, you know, just like keeping them alive, basically. So I'm going after all of them. But I'm kind of in that space of like, what, if I drop the ball, is it glass or is it going to bounce, you know? Um, you know, is that one okay? Will that one be okay? Um, and I'm a very achievement-oriented person, so I'm very like, nothing can drop at all. But there are things, you know, like we can put logs. It's more important to put logs on some things than others some days, and you're not going to get to them all. And, you know, that's where it's like, we're not perfect human beings. It's okay. But making sure, you know, on a weekly basis that kind of juggling them all, I'm hitting them all in a week. But yeah, so I'm, I'm really at a place where I'm trying to balance all of them the best that I can. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the tension. Uh, I talked to uh, a guy I'm coaching um, and he, he looked at me, he's like, Alan, this is hard. Like doing all four of these is hard. I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, like don't, don't wish life was easier. Wish you were better. Like, like at the end of the day, there, there is always going to be this tension. And Rachel, this is kind of what you were referring to. I think there is that there's a moment where you have to be able to go, you know, today I'm not going to work out and that's okay. And today I'm going to leave work a little bit early and that's okay because I'm going to go pick my kid up from school or, you know, whatever it is, there are moments in all of our fires where we have to make sacrifices 
in our log allocation that is not the ideal for that day. But as we look at look at it throughout the week, we can't continuously choose to not put logs on on a fire for weeks at a time. Yeah, and I kind of like the tension in a way because going back to your original question um, of being introduced, you know, as a woman to the four mm-hmm. fires, and Angie was talking about like we normally would put it on purpose and people, and that's all. And so, you know, I might naturally, you know, go to the gym or like work on professional fire casually or whatever as a woman, but it gives a framework of like, no, those, like, those are important too, and it kind of gives you something to go for and so I'm kind of glad that there is tension in like a framework of like okay those are areas that you know I could thrive in you know like let's try them out so as a woman I think it's good to have that um, framework just to go for more things than just the purpose in people yeah Yeah, we generally tend to to stay in the areas that we are rewarded the most for and that we feel the most comfortable in. And, and I watch a lot of men allocate a ton of their time to their professions because they feel re- well rewarded in that space. They get recognized, a lot of kudos, pack, pats on the back. And, and honestly, in a lot of the ways, the way I find guys' brains work is uh, we like a scoreboard. I want to know when I'm winning. And cash is a pretty powerful scoreboard. And it's hard for me to quantify whether I'm winning at home. It's hard for me to quantify am I winning in my spiritual relationship. Um, and so those met- the more measurable fires, uh, I notice a lot of guys gravitate towards those Um just because it feels good. And we almost have to push ourselves into these other areas of discomfort so that we can kind of grow in that space. Yeah, something that helps me is um, trying to, when I plan out my week, either Sunday night or Monday morning, I use the four fires card, but I do it on my whiteboard and I do it for the week. And so I draw a stick figure and he's got all four <laughs> and I, I list out. When, you know, so for me this week, I'm going to get some yoga in, I'm going to get some swimming in. I know, I don't know what day it's going to be. I'm going to try to do this at least three times this week, you know, and et cetera with my, all the other ones. So a weekly view for me helps me, you know, at least make a plan and then kind of fill it in as I go throughout the week. Yeah. Angie, don't you do yoga on, in the middle of a lake? On your paddleboard? I do on my paddleboard. It is <laughs> she's glorious. legit. She's not telling y'all that, but she's for real. Yeah, I mean, so that so maybe it is that weekly. Uh, I mean, and it is. It's it's the four fires is by day and by decade, right? Like it is. It is doing the daily work, but doing the daily work consistently across an extended period of time. So Angie and I like that approach of the you know kind of the weekly the weekly look. So if you say that uh, the areas that you're maybe least inclined to pour energy into, or maybe it feels the least natural, are your professional and your physical. If those are the areas that that require more intentionality for you, 
what are your recommendations for other women who want to lean into those spaces a little bit to, to grow in their physical fire and in their professional fire? I think um, just realizing that it's not selfish. I think that women mm. are like, I can't spend any of this time on me. It all has to go to like my family or my kids. Mm. Um, and I think just realizing like when you take care of yourself first mentally, you know, being creative in your craft, whatever that might be, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to generate a ton of cash, you know, just being creative in your space, your professional fire, and then, you know, spending time on, you know, getting physically healthy. Yeah, like, it's not selfish, and you're going to show up as a better mom, as a better wife, friend, etc., in mm. the purpose and people fire mm. when you take that time. That's so I would just encourage that. Yeah. What do you think, Angie? Yeah, my first thought is find people who will celebrate you and encourage you and be vulnerable with you in those two areas. So it was interesting. I went on a weight loss journey starting back in September. You know, it was like post-COVID. I'm quote unquote middle age, you know, and I just feeling kind of more weight than I'd ever carried. Like I got to do something about this. Uh, so I, I did Noom, I joined the app and worked just methodically for four months and I, I dropped 20 pounds and that was hard. And the first three weeks I was sad and hungry <laughs> and, you know, and there were ups and downs and it was, you know, like, oh, but, you know, it totally shifted how I eat, totally shifted how I feel about eating, et cetera. But, you know, what was most interesting to me about that journey was that when I would share with women that like, I'm on a weight loss journey silence, no questions, no comments, no encouragement until I was at a lead retreat for the advisors. Rachel was in the room and your wife was in the room, Alan. Allison was standing there and I started saying something about this and they were both like, you look amazing. And it's not, it's not, that's not what it was for, but you know, they were like, you look amazing. And I was wondering if you had, and you know, I'm so tell me more. And it was like, okay. And they engaged with me in it. And I was like, I have actually really good female friends, but I just couldn't believe because of their own maybe insecurities or their own journeys that they were unwilling to even like get into that with me and like applaud me. And that was fascinating, you know? So anyway, finding other women who will ask questions, talk to you about it. How's it going with them? Good and bad and the ugly and all of it, you know, but be encouraging. And I think it goes the same for the professional fire too. Like, you know, applauding and talking about, uh, with each other, you know, new creations you want to put into the world and new crafts you want to try and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's really good. And that, that across all of the fires, I think is great advice because if you're not willing to talk about your revenue and your profit margins, if you're not willing to talk about how often you and your spouse are having sex or having fights, if you're not willing to talk about caloric intake or what, what's your body fat percentage? Like, you got to get, re- at some point, if you want to change, you've got to get real. But who you can be real with, you, you, you need to pick that, pick that, uh, that group carefully. Because, Angie, you and I recognize there's, there are balcony people in your life, and there are basement people in your life. And there are some people who, you tell them how much money you make and they are going to either criticize you for that or uh, make you feel inferior for that. 
And then there are other people who will go, man, that's amazing. What, what can we do to try to help you get to that next level? Um, and so you got to find those balcony people in your life. Um, and I think that, I think that's across the board in any of your fires, um, that the importance of that community. I think, you know, what Andrew is saying, um, and how we are tying in how mental all of these things are for women, but I feel like environmental is just as important, you know, like what you said, who you surround yourself with, or is it going to be people when you're on your fitness journey that are like, Hey, let's go out and get some drinks. Like you're fine. Or they like, Oh, you're doing that. Like, let's go do a fun workout session on Saturday and then go get coffee. You know, there's two different types, like the types that are maybe insecure and like projecting that, you know, because they wish they were doing what you're doing or they like hyping you up like your hype woman. Let's go. Like, let me jump in this with you, whether it's professional, whatever it is. And so I think, yeah, environment is super important. Yeah. Well, and, and in whatever area, uh, extraordinary results require extraordinary effort. Like you're not going to be extraordinary by putting in average effort. So you got to do the things that make you different and distinctive. Let me just ask this question. If you were giving advice, Rachel, to a a younger woman uh, who is curious about the four fires, maybe they heard about the four fires you know, through a friend or they're listening to the podcast, what recommendation would you give them uh, about how to start thinking about life four-dimensionally at your stage in life? Yeah, I think just focusing on, um, we have a lot of expectations from our parents and um, Jeff heard a quote one time and it was like, sometimes you have to let others dream of you die so that yours can live because you know, if you're trying to do their dream, your parents' dream or your friend's dream um, and yours, like they're both going to die. Neither one will live. And, you know, um, ultimately, if you feel like you're disappointing someone, whatever, if you go after what you want to and let your dream live, like everyone is going to be happy for you. Like your parents ultimately want the best for you, no matter how that manifests, even if there's some pushback along the way. But just going for it, like a growth mindset and, you know, if you want to like get physically fit, go for it. Like if you want to start a business or this is the time for people my age to try things out. And as far as professionally, like I would just say, pay attention to the passions that you had when you were young, because, you know, when you get to college, things like that, you start thinking of like, oh, I got to make money or whatever. And you drift from that. But, you know, I said when I was eight years old, like, I want to be a nutritionist. Well, okay, that manifested differently to the counseling realm, but I'm going back to that now. And so it looks different kind of than I thought, but I would just encourage you, like, pay attention to the passions you had when you were young and try new things. Like, it's okay to try new things. It's okay to mess up or not do something that you started initially, but just go for it and just keep in mind like you know this is a journey and you're constantly growing and we've never arrived so you can always go after an area if you've never um, gone to church or like spent time with God like open your Bible I don't know I listen to the Bible recap it's a great podcast it's like seven minute long um, little blurbs on different sections but like just try it out you know 
talk to friends, also pursue relationships, you know, as far as the people fire, um, go after the people that you've always wanted to hang out with, but you feel like, you know, they're going to say something about me or they think this about me. Like, no, they probably don't. Just if you see something in someone else that you want, like befriend them, you know, and that'll rub off on you because environment, as we just talked about, is so important. So that is my take on the four fires at my age. Yeah. Angie, what do you say for a lady listening to the, to the podcast? What advice would you give them about stepping into thinking about life from a four fires mentality? What comes to mind is, you know, be the instigator. Like so many women I know don't make time for their friends. You know, they think, well, well, we used to get together a lot, but now our family is in our job and we're doing all these other things. Like, you know, be the one that makes the plan, like book the Airbnb in Florida, put it on the calendar, make it happen. Uh, and, and I love what Rachel said, like, it's not selfish, you know? So it's like, if you've always wanted to do X, Y, Z, and now, now's the time, like none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So why would you wait to take a trip with your son who just turned 16? You know, why would you wait to learn how to ride a motorcycle? For example, you know, like, why would you wait to go on that trip with your husband and you know, I don't know, make love in the shed. I don't know. I'm just saying like, why wait, be the instigator, do it. There's, I mean, I don't know. That's the activator in me, strength finder kind of thing. But like, I don't know. I just see a lot of people that just sit around kind of what you had asked me uh, a couple of days ago about like this victim mentality of like, well, and it's always external circumstances and well, I couldn't, you know, and it's like, no, actually you can, you know, and you should. <laughs> and so uh, like, yeah, just don't wait. Like, you know, start that weight loss journey, start that exercise program and just, you know, little things at a time, but start thinking about it now and call me. <laughs> I love to talk about this stuff. Right, Rachel? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and here, here's the interesting thing for, especially for, I, I do think that there are, uh, I, I know some women in my life who will not have, have a challenge, have a hard time investing in themselves because they feel like that they are robbing the right now. I can't go to the gym today because my kids would miss an hour with me. But the greatest gift that we can give to the people around us is a healthy version of us. Like, and we've noticed this. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who we were mentoring a guy through the four fires, and he went from you know, this 26 out of 100 to this 76 out of 100. He he progressed tremendously uh, in his relationships and in his body. And the real takeaway there is imagine what it's like if you're, if you're a woman and you're a 26 out of 100. Imagine what it's like for your sons or your daughters to grow up with a mother who is a 76 or an 86 or a 96 out of a hundred instead of a 26. Like that is the gift. The gift is to grow up with this four dimensional mother, this four dimensional father. Imagine what your spouse thinks about being married to a 26 out of a hundred versus a 86, 76 out of a hundred. So, it is, it is constant growth, constant improvement, but the recognition that 
growing ourselves is not selfish. It is, a, it is, uh, it benefits all of those who are around us. Totally. And it is a modeling thing as well. Like for women that are always like serving their families and don't want to go to the gym because of that, I can't get step away. I can't take the trip with the friends. What you're modeling is yeah. Servant, maybe servant life, but also misery, <laughs> you know, like if, that's what you're modeling that that's what they're going to step into also, you know, but if you're modeling this whole, like it's caught, not taught a uh, four dimensional life, a four fires life, then like, yeah, that's like the best thing you can do for them actually. Yeah. Here's, here's the scary thing is that my, our children will become the men and women that we are today. The only model that my son has for what a 45 year old man looks like is me. And if I look at my life and I go, Oh no, I wouldn't wish that for him. You know, like whether it's in my physical journey or if I'm broke and I'm not winning professionally, if I wouldn't wish that future on my son, the greatest chance I have of changing that for him is changing who I am today. And that's true for for women as mothers as well. You know, our, their daughters are looking to them for what the model of who they're supposed to be as a mother is and their sons are looking to them for what it looks like to have to that's the model the only model they have for what it looks like to choose a healthy spouse so yeah and I think um I just want to say if you haven't modeled that for someone in the past like that's okay you know like the best the next best time to start is right now and so you're good. Like you can still make the change for your kids, um, you know, your friends, whoever you're around, and they see that and they admire that, and it inspires others. So you can get stuck and feel guilty on, hey, I didn't do it then. All you have are the choices in front of you, and awareness, ownership, and discipline. That's what we talk about in the four fires in terms of. So now you're aware just own it and then put some discipline in and around it. But that's what it means to live intentionally. So Angie, Rachel, thank you both for being here with us today. It was really great to get your perspective on the four fires and get to hear just what you, what you view and uh, appreciate about the four fires. So grateful for having y'all here and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back again in the future. Thanks Alan. It It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. This was super fun. Good. Well, thanks, Four Fires Nation. Enjoyed having you here, and we will uh, see you next time. Good intention.